0: Let's read together, please. Let's read the wonderful words that are recorded in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit with mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree, "...planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatsoever he does prospers, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous." For the Lord watches over the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. May God open our understanding to take in that wonderful truth.
1: Thank you. It's uh, a real delight for me to be here with you uh, on this occasion. And thank you for spending a few minutes earlier on to uh, hear a little bit about uh, my, my family and uh, the context in which we minister back home in Zambia. Uh, we, we are really one church, uh, the body of Christ. And as I travel around the world, it just amazes me how our own worship is reproduced uh, everywhere else with slight variations, but clearly it is the same God who has brought us to himself through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So what a joy it has been for me uh, to find myself here, Among you, I feel very honored that uh, I have been invited to be with you uh, this morning. Uh, I want us to turn back to Psalm 1 and uh, I deliberately entitled my message, Here is Happiness. And one reason why I, I did so was primarily because. Um, When I got converted, uh, remember I mentioned 1979, when I got converted, there was a little booklet that I came across with that title, Here is Happiness. It was an evangelistic uh, booklet. Thinking back now, um, it, it was answering one of the deepest cries in my own heart. And it was essentially the fact that uh, I was looking for happiness. And thankfully, I did find it in um, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and can testify that from that point to today, that's really something of my own experience. So what I will do now is just, just read the first verse, and then we will induce due and make our way through the, the whole of it. Um, the, the verse, as we read it from the New International Version, I'll read it across there, is uh, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. Doesn't it surprise you that the, the hymn book, that was compiled for the Old Testament church, which is what the book of Psalms is all about, doesn't it surprise you that it begins not with God, but with human beings, and not with God's honor, but with your happiness. I think that's the first thing that hit me when I really meditated upon the book of psalms because if i was the one asked to compile a christian hymn book i I know what i would have done it's probably the same thing that those who have compiled your hymn book here i think it's entitled rejoice would have done you you begin with god first his sovereignty, his honor, his glory, his eternity, etc., etc., about God. And then, somewhere in between, you bring in human beings as his creatures. Well, surprise, surprise. The book of Psalms begins Happy is the man. That's what blessed is all about. It's about a person experiencing fulfillment, wholeness, happiness, having a sense of joy and peace and hope and all that which makes up human fulfillment. That's the way this book begins. In fact, the first two Psalms of the Bible were not the first two Psalms to be written there was a body of God's people that got together, looked through all the psalms that were being sung once upon a time in Israel, and brought together a compendium of 150. There were many more that were being used, but they put together 150. And they deliberately put them in some kind of order so that there is a way in which you can sense a movement as you are going from one section over onto the other. The first two were chosen deliberately. And if you notice the first verse of Psalm 1 and the last verse of Psalm 2, you won't miss the reason why these two were put together. As the very first psalms. Have you noticed that Psalm 2. Ends on exactly the same note. It says. Blessed are all. Who take refuge. In him. Again. What is that about? It is about your happiness. Your fulfillment. Your blessedness. And so on. These two are like. Two peas in a pod. They function together to introduce the rest of the book of Psalms. Now you may be sitting there thinking now, there must be something wrong here. Uh, Because worship is about God. It's not about us. So why should the introduction to the worship of God be about us? Well, here is the answer. It's because human fulfillment can ultimately only be found in giving God the right place in our lives. The moment you push God out of the way, you are heading for disaster. It is a matter of time. When you put God in the right place in your life, you experience true happiness and true blessedness. The problem is not with the Bible or the book of Psalms. The problem is with us. We divide what God has joined together. We tend to give the impression that you see religion is, is something you, you you come to it's it's hard, it's tough, it's it's dreary, but but finally you'll be happy over there. So don't think about yourself, think about God. That's not the way the Bible puts Christianity and the faith of God's elect. Rather, it says that anything else other than God is a chasing of a mirage pool, you will be disappointed. It is a matter of time. The two go together. Your joy and your worship are one and the same thing. So, let us quickly then look at this psalm. Bearing in mind that same principle. And that's the reason why I am calling it, Here is Happiness. And the first thing that the psalmist does in this psalm is to tell us where not to go in looking for it. And that's what this one is all about. Happiness is not found In walking in the counsel of the wicked, it is not found in standing in the ways of sinners, it is not found in sitting in the seat of scoffers. Why does the psalm begin on that note? It is primarily for two reasons. First of all, it is the fact that everybody wants to be happy. If there is something that holds all of us in common in this building, it is that we all want to be happy. In fact, that's why we came here today. Some of you may have come not because you wanted to come, but because somebody kept bothering you so much about coming that you finally thought, now look, to to get this guy out of my hair, let me just go. Well, that's happiness. You wanted to finally stop being bothered. Or somebody may have put a dangling carrot ahead of you. If you come to church, there will be ice cream afterwards. (laughs) You want to be happy, so here you are. And even when a person commits suicide, it's because life has become so painful That they are saying to themselves, surely it must be better wherever death will finally take me. Better than this, we all want to be happy. But the second reason why the psalm begins on that note is that the difference between us is not that some want to be happy others don't want. It is that some are looking for happiness in the wrong place. And that's what this verse is all about. It's meant to shake us up, to open our eyes that where the majority of the people are going is in fact not where true happiness is. You open your popular magazine you check on the internet or wherever else it might be that your eyes normally are and you will find that the message being conveyed is that if you want to be happy throw god away if you want to be happy give full vent freedom to your passions and your lust, as some advert for some goods put it, just do it. Don't stop yourself from doing what you want to do. Yes, other people may call it immorality. They may call it sinfulness. They may call it wickedness. Close your ears and go for it, man. That's the message that is often conveyed by the world. God's rules, God's laws, those are meant to deprive you of true joy and true happiness. I'm pretty sure it's the same here as it is back home in Zambia. That the popular musicians, the popular Soccer players, I was going to say football, but I'm not too sure whether it says the same thing here. Let's call them sports stars, at least that will fit into any category. They are individuals who've long thrown away any self-control, any morality, and they are put there before the eyes of young people as role models. Do you want to be happy? Be like them. Look at how much they are always smiling back at you. Successful. Follow the example and you will be happy. That's the message that is given to us. Well, the first Psalm of the Bible looks at you in the face and goes Mm-mm, don't that's a lie. Happiness is not found there. Well it quickly goes on to tell us who the truly happy people are and this is what it says that instead the blessed person is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. That's not what the world tells you. That the truly happy person is the one who has found his summum bonum, his highest good in God and his law. He's so excited about that holy book that is on your laps that day and night he meditates upon it. He reads it he studies it and he thinks about how to apply it to his life that is the truly happy person now the Bible is a book that is meant for thinking people so immediately the psalmist knows what you're thinking. Remember, at the end of verse 1, it was the Bible that was going, Mm-mm. don't go that way. Well, at the end of verse 2, it's you who's listening to that and going, Mm-mm. I doubt it that that's the way of true happiness. So what does the Bible do? Well, it goes on to give us two situations, two images that I trust we can relate to in order to enable us to to understand, to, to begin to see why it is making this point. The first is that of a tree that is planted by streams of water. We are told there, he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. What a wonderful picture. It's a picture that most of us perhaps can testify to, primarily because we have trees that are called evergreen trees. So that it doesn't matter whether it's winter or summer, the tree is always green. But in this particular case, this is not necessarily an evergreen tree, but because its roots under the ground have sunk to the point where it's getting regular nourishment all the time. It doesn't matter what the weather is like, what the climate might be like outside, it still drinks in the rich nourishment that consequently produces green leaves and also produces fruit in season. Now, what is that telling us? It's simply the fact that, you see, life is not always the same. Life is not always a mountaintop experience. Life also has its valleys. Life has its spring. It also has its winter. It has the days when everybody is singing singing, You are a jolly good fellow, and presents are coming left, right, and center. Everybody is singing your praises. It also has those seasons when people want you six foot underground. Marriage is falling apart. Children are going wild. Jobs are being lost. Economies are going down. Diseases are taking over the body. The grave is beckoning. Life is like that. And you see, the problem with making the, the people who are without God your role models, the, the, the wanting to follow in after their footsteps and, and simply occupying your fr- your life with friends who, who don't care about God, they don't want to, to listen to God's word and so on. The problem with that is that it never prepares you for that other side of life. It never does. There you are with your friends in the beer hall or tavern and you, you are joking about... Your prime minister and joking about your parliamentarians, and you're joking about whatever else the jokes might be all about. <laughs> and then you go afterwards, go home. How is that going to help you when you lose your job?
0: Absolutely.
1: You may call it fun, you may say we had a wonderful time and so on. But when winter visits you, there is nothing in all that fun to sustain you, to be a bulwark, to be a foundation that will never quiver. There's nothing like that in it. And don't we see it? From our so called superstars. One time they are smiling at us on the glossy magazines, telling us they are about to give us a concert of a lifetime. This is it. The next, we hear through magazines and newspapers that they've died. What is it? What caused it? We discover th- they could not sleep. They couldn't. They, they had to-, to be on medication to sleep. They didn't tell us that. Until some doctor who has a name like mine gives them an extra push and they go over. They are dead. And we discover that The very individual whose lives we were admiring, they couldn't do what we do every night, sleep. They couldn't. We realize we were taken for a ride. The joy and true happiness does not lie there. That's the problem with that other life. The psalmist here is saying, the reason why the truly blessed and happy individual is one in whom there is the word of God is that it gives you ballast. It gives you stability so that it doesn't matter what the weather is going to be the climate is going to be God by his holy spirit enables you to not only withstand the blasts of the difficulties that will invariably come in life but he gives you joy and peace in the midst of all that you are ever green and you are still able to bear appropriate fruit in the midst of all that that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does or whatever he does, wherever, whatever he does prospers. There is the ongoing fruitfulness. As the book, the, the Bible puts it. The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, shining ever brighter until the full light of day. Now that's true joy. I I don't want the kind of joy which is like that of children in the bedroom. Anybody heard that? You've got visitors in the sitting room and you've got little kids in the bedroom. What happens? You know, they're playing around. What does a mother do? She goes in there and she says, stop it. And they're thinking, she's a killjoy. Well, it's because the mother knows that very, very soon after that, <laughs> I'm going to hear, somebody jumping on the bed, jumping on the bed will finally jump too high and hit against the wall or whatever and come crashing down. The mother knows it. That's not the kind of joy you want, which is like the cracklings of, of phones in the fire. No, you want that which is stable, that which endures all situations, that which lasts. Well, the psalmist, uh, having given us that, he clearly uses another picture in order to picture something of what I've just described, the failure of the ungodly to have true joy. And it is put in a very nice contrast, isn't it? It simply says in the New International Version, not so the wicked, exclamation mark. In other words, look at the life of a person reconciled to God, seeking the will of God, look at them going through all the circumstances of life, the good and the bad, and see the stability like a, a, a an ocean liner going across the oceans. All the turbulence and so on. Hardly affecting it, you can hardly see the effect there. Well, what about the wicked? I think I've already described it, but here is the description from scripture they are like chaff that the wind blows away now that's a picture that most of us may not be familiar with it's it's a picture from Uh, An ancient time, uh, back home in Africa, you go to the villages or just outside the city where life is still fairly simple, and you see this all the time. In ancient times, there used to be what were called threshing floors. Uh, Individuals brought their harvest from the fields and put them into a, a room and poured Everything onto the floor. There was a a, um, uh, a major piece of wood on which they would be tied, usually either a donkey or a cow, and that would be pushed around in a circle with the animal tied to it, and as it's trampling up, upon the dry corn or the dry wheat or the dry rice, whatever it might be, it's causing the shell to come off while the seed is still there. And then they would use a winnowing fork, bring it into everything and push it into the air. There would be an open window here and another open window here And as the wind is blowing through, it's pushing the chaff out onto the other side. The seed, which is heavier, would be continually coming down again. Back home in Africa, it's often women pounding whatever it might be, rice or corn, even groundnuts, They do it lightly, then they take the entire um, mixture, put it in a basket, and then they stand outside, and it's lovely because they they often do it in tune with some song. They sing it together, throwing it into the air, and again you have the outer shell coming off, falling to the ground, and then the seed still remaining on the basket. Well, I tried it once. I thought it was easy. I got into trouble with my grandmother. She wasn't impressed with me. I threw everything into the air and everything came onto the floor and off the basket. I soon discovered it is an art. But that's essentially what is being captured in, in, in this picture. It's, it's the fact that the problem with the wicked... Is, as I said earlier on the absence of ballast of weight of capacity to handle the realities of life the valley experiences those situations where the ego is brought crashing down where hope becomes hopelessness. There is a complete failure. So as the trials of life come, there is nothing to sustain them, to enable them to stand. They get blown off by the wind completely. I want to say again, that's not happiness. That's not fulfillment. Surely, that's not what you want and I think it's important that we are caused to think and to answer the question where am I today now let me repeat we all want to be happy that's not the question I'm not asking whether you want to be happy or not I I already know the answer But what I'm asking is, where have you gone looking for that happiness? Where are you in the search? Are you still a person sitting in here simply going through the religious motions, but your true source of happiness is the world rather than the word, is that you? Because if that's you, I'm asking, what is it that's going to sustain you if mom and dad die today in a car accident? What is it that's going to sustain you in a situation where your work or your business fails? What is it that's going to keep you stable and going when your marriage fails, when your children become wild. What is it that will still cause a song to rise within your soul when the doctor says to you, you've got a terminal illness or you are now lying on your deathbed And eternity stares you in the face. That's not happiness. It's not. And in fact, the psalmist ends on that note. The statement after the blowing away is therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. In other words, when God brings his judgment, whether it's temporal judgment, or it is the eternal judgment, the wicked, those who are without God in their lives, that is their end. It's their doom. And as I already said it, we've seen it from our so-called stars, sports stars, music stars, movie stars. We admire them. But when temporal judgment visits them, it's a sad story. I want to plead with you today. In case you are still chasing after a mirage pool, believing the world that that's where happiness is, and you are running there, I want to say to you, stop! You are wasting your time. Stop! You are believing a lie. Think! There is nothing there that can really give you an answer, a satisfying answer when disaster falls. But rather, here is happiness. The last verse. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will perish. It is when you are reconciled to God. To borrow New Testament language, when through Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, you come in genuine repentance and faith, So that the God who is your creator, the governor of human history, the coming judge of the living and the dead, that he now becomes your savior, he becomes your Lord, he becomes your preserver, he becomes your all in all. That's what changes life completely. I want to suggest to you, that that's what the book of Psalms is all about. If you look at the first few Psalms, they are dealing with situations when the godly are being persecuted, being tried, being in in lonely situations, and sometimes like Psalm 51, even sinning against God, but, but coming back in repentance and so on. All the different situations beating against the life. Of an individual seeking to walk with God. Somewhere in towards the, the one third at the end, there is the Psalm 119, the longest Psalm in the Bible, that is a celebration of the Word of God and its guidance and its, its benefit and what it means to, to the psalmist. And it's, it's about God and His Word and what I've learned from it and then the end part of the book of psalms is a person who now having found the center of the universe god himself and and all that god is says to to anything and everything around come on sun moon stars friends neighbors everybody the nations the gentiles the jews everyone bring your musical instruments let's let's celebrate bring Tambourine and and cymbal and whatever else you are able to play. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. Let's praise him for time. Let's praise him for all eternity. What is that? Happiness. We found it. This is true joy. Clearly, for us, found freely in the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you found? true happiness. Have you? Or are you going through that time in your life when you are now bitter towards everybody? Bitter towards your parents, bitter towards your teachers, bitter towards your brothers and sisters, bitter towards the politicians who are messing up your country, bitter towards your employers, bitter towards your Employees, bitter everywhere. Bitter towards your spouse because they're always rubbing you the wrong way. I'm saying to you, come to Christ. Humble yourself. Give up that fight. Let him wash your sins away and bring you to God and you will be amazed at what he says that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He wash away that bitterness. You will have a joy in your heart that nothing can take away. Even people rubbing you the wrong way won't do it. You would have found True happiness. That's the appeal I make to you. Don't believe the world. Believe the word. And you will not be a loser. Let's pray.